welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Christmas in July, August. It's August. Mm-hmm. A Christmas sure game, a podcast game. If we pretend that we recorded this episode in July, that would mean that we have like some big connects because we yeah. saw this movie in July. Well, Christmas, well, Christmas I mean, in July is like a saying. No, I know, but didn't, like, didn't we see? No, yeah, it premiered saw, in July. Did we see it in? July? We saw. We saw July thirty first. Yeah, July thirty. Wow, July thirty first. So there we go. Yeah, you know. Never mind. Yeah, I Christmas, guess you're right. It Christmas. premiered on July thirtieth, so it's not like it's that big. Wow, these guys go to movies on opening night. Whoa, mm. we're Wait here. To find out where I'm going to later after this pod. <laughs> jingle bells, jingle bells. Hunter, full disclosure: after this podcast, Hunter is going to an eleven fifteen. When is it? Eleven ten. An eleven okay. ten screening of <laughs> Suicide Squad. Look, you know what? I just I like some James Gunn. <laughs> I don't know. This is the most convenient time for me. And yes, I do have to wake up early in the morning, but that's fine. I don't Damn. sleep. You're staying up late for Suicide Squad. As discussed squad. on a future uh, episode coming to your feed on why I would be good in Survivor is because I don't ever sleep. And yes, I do have depression. Thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. You'd be you'd be like Tony, just never sleeping. Just always thinking up schemes <laughs> on Survivor. Anyway. Welcome. Welcome to... Yeah, we bought a night... Okay. A pop culture green cast. Mm. We bought a Nike. One pod. Hence. Yes. And Fucking the green night. Just a little peep behind the curtain again. Ernie did do that same <laughs> intro <laughs> in, in what will be the next episode because we did decide to Damn. break them up. Just so, calling them out. Like well, no, I'm just saying if you liked this. Heads up. If yeah, if you've liked it this time, heads, heads off. You know what? I'll Yet. be honest. I like it the second time more than the first time, which is the first time for listeners. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I liked it both times. Okay. Guys. All right. Thank well. you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, mysterious, uh, disembodied. Guest. And we have a yeah, guest. Who? Let's do it all backwards. Who is this? <laughs> David well, Ibera, aka Honestly Dav, mm-hmm. on all social media, is Welcome. on the pod today. Thank you, guys. For Ernie be here. and for Hunter, I've been Drew. Thanks for listening. I don't know it's who been that good is. to see you. My name is Sir Hunter of the Neckerchief. I, I feel like we're on that little twisty, uh, turny dial season changer thing. I know. We're doing Tenet right now, basically. <laughs> this is... this is. I feel w- like the camera's spinning. I'm upside down. We need to we need to wrap this up quick because I'm getting confused and I actually and know what's going on. And thank you guys for listening. You can follow us at We Bought a Mic. Um. All right, <laughs> let's talk about this movie. I just want to get into this movie. I think I'm, I'm ready to get past intros. All right, where should we start? The Green Knight is a movie written and directed and produced by David Lowry. It is uh, being released by A24 in theaters right now. They decided to push it um, because of the COVID-19 pandemic and not have it go straight to streaming. And because of that, we get to see it on the big screen now that theaters are reopened. Thank you for doing that. And it is a glorious experience in the cinema. This is cinema. The cinematic. This it, has been the first movie since coming back to the theaters where I'm like, oh yeah, this is it. Film. Like I've seen bigger budget movies. I yeah. saw Black Widow in the theaters, saw F9 in the theaters, oh, you, but you this is Black the first Widow? one. Yeah, you're good. That's what I figured. <laughs> you're fine. That's all we got to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> so 
This is the first movie where I was like, oh, yeah, like this is it. We are fucking back, baby. Um, Honestly, same. Um, Like I'd pig I liked and all, but this felt like like a very well-defined movie. Right. Yeah. Um, So the Green Knight. A24, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, Starring Dev Patel and yeah. a bunch of other people. A little so upstart production company out of <laughs> Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, Dev Patel, uh, Alicia Vikander. Uh, a lot of people that you like, I'll, I'll just say that, are in this. Uh, directed by David Lowry. This was my first experience with him. I haven't seen a ghost story. And then obviously his filmography goes beyond that. He's made a surprising amount of movies that are not this type of movie. Well, that's mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things about Lowry is that you kind of are in for something new every time. He's made children's well, movies. Yeah. He, he made Pete's thing. Dragon. He, yeah. he does. And he's currently working on a uh, Peter Pan retelling so um, he kind of does like a one for you one for me almost like if you look through he, yeah. he does he rides he's kind of one of the best directors that we have right now at knowing how to work the game of movie making which is like i'm gonna make this disney movie and make my fucking nut and then i'm gonna go and do this incredibly artsy thing that you can see it you cannot whatever i'm gonna make something very artistic and beautiful so David, we are doing a fantasy film draft together, mm-hmm. all of us. I, and you are the only person <laughs> who. Uh, oh, I guess Drew, you still haven't submitted your list here. No, I'm playing. But, I'm playing a very advanced strat, <laughs> where in which I'm exploiting a rule that you cannot include any movie that has come out like before you've submitted right. your list. I'm going to submit my list late. Yeah, so Call you're like crazy. that. You're like that scene in. Ready Player One, where everybody goes on the race. You're first, just waiting to drive backwards. around backwards. You're yes. like, I'm getting Boss Baby Two. Well, here's the idea. I'm gonna wait because uh, COVID is back, honey. Yeah, I'm Clifford gonna, delayed. So if I wait until most theaters are shut down, what I can do is bet on the movies that will simply open <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because I mean, they go. will have several theaters worth <laughs> of dollars, and no That's other movie will have any money. Shit, you're taking you, a risk. You're playing through. the long con. What, like, if, what if COVID? comes back and like is back for like two years um what are you gonna do then what, what, if, I, what if movies stop yeah what if no what if you like know, hollywood is work, just like though. we're good and they just shut down this will still work because a there's so many movies just sitting on some guy's shelf out in like hollywood literally second of all uh no matter what like la at this point covid tests are out it's not going to be like the last lockdown like rich people will be able to go to events because they can get rapid tested therefore Movies will be able to technically open at a theater that will be full of rich people who are rapid tested and paid a lot of money to get in there. Mm. And that's when I will win. Um, luckily, though, I'm because this has all been sort of last couple of weeks with like the full resurgence of COVID. I'm gl- I'm really glad we got to watch Green Knight in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, me too. And I'm usually not someone who loves schlepping out to the theater, but this is worth it yeah this was worth it It, like it's almost not worth watching not in a theater so david you're the only person who put this movie on uh their fantasy film league so we had to have you on i think i want to have an episode for uh as many fantasy film league picks as possible okay so dude i'll I'll come on for all mine so so i think that it's worth 
having you on here to at least state your case. Like, like why I picked it. Why, why go out of your way to be the one person who picked this movie? Not even Hunter, who's already being Dude, a he, Dev Patel shill out here. He's, just, he's okay. more hyped about this movie than I am. And <laughs> right. I put it on my list. Right. So what did you think going into it? Like, obviously, you know, we saw the trailer a long time ago. We knew kind of the broad scope of what this movie could be. And then what did you think after you actually saw it? I, I was a little, not like taken aback, but I was it, it like, it was like a little bit less than like what I expected. I expected at least just like one sword fight, man. I just wanted one good sword fight. I feel fight. that. You know, I was just waiting for like an action scene. But you know, the movie is like great without it. I I, I thought it was like, you know, near close to perfect. I gave it four stars. Um, you know, okay, that's that's a lot because because roommate of the pod Nate, dude, I I did talked not to Nate like the movie. Did not like our theater because uh, you, me, Nate, Hunter, Gaia, and then Matt and his uh, partner and and Lindsay. Lindsay was also there. Yeah, we brought. So a we had a whole squad. squad the uh, and back row. Honestly, like the theater was like almost full, pretty much. And I could sense the vibes in the theater. People were not about this. It movie. was mixed. Yeah, people were been really, kind of the reception. They were not movie. into well, this thing. Uh, having watched it and being someone who really liked the movie, I I think I can also very much see the side of it that's like. I fully don't watch movies for this experience. You know, I I don't see m- most people liking this movie. I could I think they could have been marketed better. I will say that. Oh, absolutely. I, I love it, the marketing. I though. love it the looks marketing. Great, the marketing is the is, marketing doesn't it's not like it's it's not like the pig marketing where the pig marketing is actively like kind of showing you a different movie than what the movie ends up being. This mm-hmm. is showing you what the movie is. But like you're kind of led to believe that it is the last duel, the upcoming Ridley yeah. Scott movie, where there's going to be more of like classic sword well, fights. Dude, I saw the trailer for that, war. and I'm really hyped, and I'm glad I put that on my list too. Oh, so you also put that one? The last Green Knight and the last duel. All of right. medieval core. Dude, honestly, I love like you're medieval just you're movies. the Arthur the Arthurian king of the group. What can I say? Um, I'm putting, you, I'm putting you down for that one then. Yeah. So marketing materials aside, which are like. Definitely, they're not telling you a ton. The name of the movie is The Green Knight. It you, like you're gonna assume there's a sword fight. You're right, David. That's like, what I'm saying. It's just and how the way it, goes. it was marketed. And this me. is based on. So let's nail down how we're gonna pronounce the name right now, Sir Sir Gawain. Ga- Gar Garwin. Because well, no, it's say Gawain. Garwin. But it's it's not Garwin. It, the only person the who British. says Garwin is fucking uh, um my guy, my king fucking Arthur. king. Um. Well, he's not actually King Arthur, but it's Sean Harris, who he's, it is King Arthur. He's just king. It is King Arthur, though. So yes, the, the, this is based on a poem from I think like the 14th century, 600 year old poem. Yes, yeah. I'd also say not a ton of people n- would might know that going into this movie. It's not like related marketing materials. The it, movie itself you, doesn't let you know. What's no. Up? I was going to ask David, did you know the story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight before this? No, okay. I didn't. So I didn't. My I, knowledge like, of this was based off of that game that we played. Okay. Yes. I bought for the listeners, uh, a 24 released a dungeons and dragons style game, which we're going to talk about D and D. Cause that shares a lot with how the actual film plays out. But, mm-hmm. 
um they released that game about what a year and a half yeah, ago coincide this point? with the original release of the movie yeah it came out like pre-covid uh that that game came out um so we played that a long time ago but I knew the story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight just because it's like a classic old knight's tale that I read in some English class or have just like heard. Yeah, of I, I read this in like my senior year of high school. Oh, OK. I so I was that. wondering about this because I've seen a lot of takes online of people saying that any basic English class has to read this. Mm-hmm. But I never did. I you never know why? OK, so here's why. In. <laughs> Junior year of high school, I took AP Lang, which most people did. I decided I had already basically gotten like I knew I would be admitted to the colleges I wanted to. So senior year, I was like, well, can I take not the AP follow up AP lit? But can I still take like English honors? And they were like, that that was the one they were like, that doesn't exist unless you take it on virtual school. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. Um, And that's where I read this. And because it was virtual school, I didn't really read it. So I didn't remember what happened in it how long was it is it a lengthy poem is it like a it's, book it's not that long it's, i mean from what i remember it was like it's a, like maybe a couple hundred pages it's actually a haiku <laughs> <laughs> you're like i didn't get around to it i don't know what to say there once was a nam named dev <laughs> yeah it's a nice he little picked. limerick <laughs> um it just the thing is though th- this the best way to almost imagine this movie in your head is it's sort of like the the how Boz Lerman came into adapting Romeo plus Juliet right in which the text itself is not radically changed but the visual presentation of it is right this this the direction yeah is incredible exactly but obviously the ways are different because Boz Lerman in that movie with Leo he said it in current day and there were guns etc um this is not that this is still set in the appropriate time period but the liberties taken are for the most part in what you're seeing and things that are in the script but not necessarily the words being said so you're getting a lot of the dialogue that you're getting is pretty dry and drab and maybe slow but what you are seeing is so wildly different than anything in the text yeah it's it's psychedelic yeah, it's it's visually like a very psychedelic movie. It's Yo, it, one, one of my first eats those mushrooms. <laughs> one of yeah, my first man. notes is uh, hashtag honestly visually stunning. Honestly, so this visually. is this is a front runner for our yeah. most coveted Wabami award. I'm telling you, this year. is gonna be this is gonna be a a nominee at the end. Yeah, of the year. no the the 100%. way the movie is lit and and the way the costumes and the set design all come together, it is immaculate. But I kind of do agree with you, David, a little bit that I was kind of let down by the fact that there wasn't more of a dynamic thrust to the story. Yeah. It's very there's like no action. In it. It's exactly. very but like it's very fine. restrained. It is because, yeah, it ends up being still like great. Like, I'm yeah. glad I watched it. But it's it's slow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very slow. Yeah, and, very and, and I think slow. people purposefully, if you're mm-hmm. listening to this and you haven't seen the movie already, you got to know that going into it, knowing mm-hmm. that this is a slow movie, because that'll recalibrate your expectations a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. uh, Hunter and I got a chance to see this a second time. And I am so glad that I saw it a second time, because yeah, knowing what happens 
kind of revisiting it. This is the kind of movie where you just kind of have to sink into it and you kind of have to give yourself over to the mood of the movie. Yeah. And you, I don't know the slowness. I, I, like I said, I'm not as familiar with Lowry's filmography, but it's very like on purpose. He's right. He's trying to get you to revel in these shots. He's fully in command and the whole thing. Yeah. And I don't think that it's just like, uh, Hey, look at how good I did on this shot. I don't think it's, it's pompous. I think it's just to give you a weird vibe. Sometimes Lynch does this. Mm -hmm. Like it'll be slow for no other reason than to like sort of get you off kilter a little bit, you know? And this movie does that a lot. A lot of the time you're like, this this pause doesn't make sense like i'm weirded out right now and it also does despite not being promised it does make you zero in on the way it looks which is really the star of the show mm. um you guys have talked about how i talked about me like in like the third person like i'm not even fucking sitting here Sir Hunter the thing is that i i think this movie's fine oh, i think okay. it's okay He's, um, he's lying. I think this movie is a I masterpiece. Saw your I, um, I think this movie is the best movie since Parasite. Um, oh, wow. I mean, what what are the nominees? It's better than anything that I saw last year. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Okay. Best thing I've seen since Portrait. All right. Then we'll, we'll rephrase that. We'll say it's the best thing I've seen since Portrait of a Lady on Fire. But I mean, I think that this movie is, especially after seeing it a second time, I think this movie is wholly perfect um i the thing is though that you guys are right that you have to know what you're getting into before you see this movie and i almost think that it's better if you've seen another david lowry movie before you've seen this movie because i wasn't expecting the sword fights that you guys were by going into this movie because i've seen a ghost story i've seen the old man the gun and Less so with the old man, the gun than with a ghost story. But with that, like I was expecting long, patient shots of just like Dev Patel, just riding on a horse Dude. and you just have to take in everything around. That's him. one of my favorite scenes is when he rides out of the kingdom. It's just, and it's just a, like, it's just like two and a half minutes of just fucking watching this guy on the horse. And the thing is, I could understand a lot of people just being like, fuck this. No, it's a great moment. I I love that scene. But there's moments like that throughout the movie. And I can't, I can't like deny when somebody is like, if somebody is just like very much just like, I'm not into this. I'm bored by this. I'm disinterested in this. Then I don't really have any like, it's not a movie for everybody. It's not not trying to be, it's a hundred percent. Not that. And I think that, not in like the trailer, but I think maybe in just some of the other marketing, it's trying to push to be a movie for everybody. And I mean, the way that every studio it's a should summer genre movie, exactly. it kind of, it kind of has to lean into that a little bit. I almost wish that this was a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas. I mean, movie. it is a Christmas movie, yeah, but I wish that this was like, this had like a November release date to yeah. it. Cause there's something kind of, it has like a cool Christmas aesthetic to when it. When was the original release going to be? I think it was last it was, summer. Yeah, it was last oh, summer. It was, another, it was still yeah. going to say a summertime release because I think they knew that they could make money by marketing this in the way that they did. Um, and to be fair, I mean, this movie is making solid money. It's already made back uh, like three quarters of its budget. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about that. This movie has a $15 million budget. This movie looks better than like pretty much every 200 plus million dollar movie that I've like ever seen. Like you watch this movie like, oh, and you think like 
it must have at least a fifty million dollar budget. Fifteen, one five, like just pretty much like any other, like any small studio could afford to make a movie that looks like this. But yeah. no fucking movie looks like this. It's like there's so many shots and sequences in this movie where just on first and second viewing, my jaw was just fucking like dropped and my hands are just over my face like i cannot believe he's doing this with the budget that he's doing honestly this. Like, visually stunning how the way that the color the way that the light works the way that dev patel is lit is mm. just mm. I'd, say, I'd say so like, fucking well done i think like 97 percent of the cg is like incredible a lot of it is practical though yeah no i know but like when it is cg yeah i'd it, say most of it really works. it is it blends. Yeah. i've listened to a couple interviews with uh lowry at this point and he's talked about like it's almost funny like he tried to do as much practical as he could this is shot in ireland specifically a lot of it in northern ireland um but like stuff like making the round table and everything he was like i want this to be practical but for a lot of the other stuff at this point, it's cheaper to use CGI and to put a bigger weight towards like putting money in CGI than it is to make something look really good that's practical. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just kind of interesting. So this movie is not action packed, but my next note, this movie is metal and sexy. <laughs> it's yeah, it's metal as fuck. I mean... I, I don't want to spoil too much before spoiler section, but this movie opens with a shot of Dev Patel sitting on a throne and then his head catching on fire. And that's like the most metal thing I've seen in a movie in a long time. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's sort of ambient metal. It's like Deaf Heaven. Yeah. I mean, the, the <laughs> not fonts. the newest singles by Deaf Heaven that are like sound like they could play on uh fucking radio shit the the fonts the the ye old english font that i now have on the pod studio here Mm. wabam ye old font uh (laughs) on the chalkboard that's some metal shit there's also the font selection is a big thing in this movie because it changes a lot but it it still keeps that vibe of the arthurian legend that we're seeing sometimes it becomes uh fonts that i've seen for sale for like thirty dollars Sure. Twice. Like it becomes like trendy fonts. And but a guess lot what, of that buddy? is intentional because of as we'll get into in spoilers, the various retellings of the story over mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So what other kind of spoiler free thoughts should we share before we just really, really get into the the thick of this movie? Yeah. Dave. Uh I said it in my letterbox review. But I got like vibes of like Neon Genesis Evangelion. I okay. love that. What do you mean? <laughs> I love that shit. What do you so mean much? by that? I know Hunter gets it because I, I understand like exactly what you mean, but that whole like vibe of like the pending doom of it all. And yeah, it's just like existential and just like like I don't know, not exactly what you're expecting. It also does seem like one man's journey to becoming a greater man is a big anime thing. I know that's just like a hero's journey thing, but like most animes I've heard of, that's like very that. like focus. Mm-hmm. That's always the focus. Uh, uh, yeah, a, a child becoming a man. Instead, a boy yeah, becoming yeah. A instead man. of the daddy issues in Neon Genesis Evangelion, there's like some witch mommy issues in mm-hmm. the Green Knight. So you know, 
There's one scene in particular that I guess we can talk about in spoilers. Yeah, on. I know exactly the scene that you're talking about. I, That's, I read your letterbox review. And I was like, yeah, I know he's getting out here. So, so, so we're already bringing up letterbox. My letterbox review was, I'm so glad this movie's not in four <laughs> three, and it, like this is a movie Tim, that is shots fired at a ghost story, but it it fits in a ghost story. I don't think it would fit in this movie because this movie is it's it's a journey like you're going on this like big epic journey and you want to see the full width of this journey, the full width of this world. And I think that it wouldn't be as effective if it was constrained to that kind of more boxy aspect ratio. Hmm. So. I really appreciate that about this movie. I appreciate the fact that like the movie knows exactly what it wants to be and it never feels like it's trying to kind of veer off its own path. And I know that, you know, we've already basically mentioned that it's not for everybody and a lot of people aren't going to like this movie because it just doesn't want to adhere to what we want to expect from a movie like this. Like I, I, I am so confident that that Ridley Scott last duel movie is going to have so many sword fights in it oh definitely. and it's probably going to be amazing this movie it doesn't want to give you that and it doesn't feel lesser because of that it it, it is a little jarring because it's like oh we think uh you know old time medieval and yeah. we immediately think swords and axes and shields. And there battles. are those in the movie too. You know, there are there. Yes, uh, like, there so are. it's like almost like a blue ball. But I'm like fine with it. Mm, <laughs> it's called edging. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. True. But Thank you. because the movie, the movie is not about finding uh, th this character finding his worth through battle. It's more about finding his worth through the lack of battle. You know, there's a line towards the end of the movie where he says, is this all there is? Like he was he was expecting the battle. Mm -hmm. He needed the battle to feel the sense of completion to his arc. Mm -hmm. And this movie doesn't give you that. Yeah. It keeps you away from that. And it, it is very intentionally done. And, and that's kind of what one of the biggest things you have to think about going into this movie. And we'll, we'll get into like what we take away from it. But I think that, you know, I already mentioned that I've already seen this movie twice. And I think that this is one of those movies where you're not going to get everything out of it that you possibly can upon just one viewing. This is one of those movies where you need to give it a couple of more viewings. And I understand if some people are like, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to give my time to the same movie multiple times. But if you're willing to go that distance, with this movie, it'll reward you. It'll give you more and more and more each time. And I can't wait to watch it a third and a fourth time because it it just feels so rich and so layered. And it feels like there's so much packed into here. Like there are so many moments, even on a rewatch, where I just kind of like sat up in my chair and I was just kind of like so locked into what was happening on the screen because it just commanded my attention mm -hmm. to that level where the movie just like locked me. It just kind of grabbed me by the fucking throat and it was like, listen, <laughs> listen to me <laughs> one year. Hence, 
I fucking loved it. It was I, great. Yeah, it was great. I, I mean, that's kind of the thing. You know what's a thing I've listened to? Uh, Lowry's talked about it before um, on different interviews, but like one of the things that he said is that he had like pretty much like five times as long to edit this movie as he has for anything else because because of cozy you've just been able to sit on it and i almost wonder if the original idea for this movie was something that was perhaps a little bit more accessible because the thing is that a lot of times with things that are quote unquote over edited i don't like using that term because i you know um but when things are over edited is the th- reason why be- they become over edited is because the person who's editing it has watched it hundreds, if not thousands of times. So then they like to make things that are better for repeat and repeat and repeat viewings. Mm-hmm. And I almost wonder if that is something that has kind of filtered into this theatrical version that we've seen. Like he said before, like this is the theatric, this is the director's cut. Like what you're seeing is the director's cut of this movie. And I almost wonder if that maybe there is the original cut of this movie that if this movie was released last year might have been a little bit more accessible to people. But I think possibly worse overall in quality. That's so that's a that's a really good point, actually. Like I like as to like why overrated movies are overedited. I'm yeah, not, it's just I mean that's it just makes logical yeah, that's sense just, that's that you see it, it enough times that you're like I'm bored with this. Um, I want to make this so that it's better for me now. Th- there is yeah, there's a balance though where like obviously this movie was never going to be fully accessible. Yeah. It was never it was it, like it was always going to be sort of what it is because they didn't shoot I, I don't imagine that there's a battle scene shot that they didn't use. No, no, no. no. Nothing like that. But I just mean like, but maybe, maybe th- it could have been shorter. Yes. Yes. Yeah, stuff like that. And for me personally, it could have been shorter. I kind of wish it were shorter. How I mean, long see, is this that's, movie? It's over two hours. It's 210, I think. Whoa. Um, I see, I, the thing is, I think I, it's fine. I don't feel the runtime at all in this movie. Like, I think... And maybe that's just me. I've learned that I think David Lowry is just like one of my fucking dudes. Um... I'm pretty sure that I drafted him in the director's draft RIP that we did like a week before a pandemic ravaged the country last year. How, um, how's that panning out? I wonder. Well, the director draft? I'm, yeah. I'm almost Let positive that on. I had Lowry on one of my picks because I was so drawn in by a ghost story. Um, but I think that he's just like one of my guys. Like I revisited a ghost story this past week and I... You did Sob. not. You did not draft him. So much. Did you not? <laughs> did you draft him? Uh, did anybody draft him? I drafted him. No, I'm just <laughs> I know that I talked about him a lot. Did uh, nobody. Nobody, draft him? nobody drafted him. Wow, you fucking poser. Oh, God. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> drop. Uh, who was my last pick? I'll just I'll drop somebody to pick up. Do you want me just to read everybody's picks? No, no. Yeah, let's make this into a third episode. That's not interesting. (laughs) Um, Please send that to me. I do want to know. I no, I. But here's the thing. Like, I just I fucking love this movie. I know that a lot of people won't love this movie, especially like I've seen the Lairbox reviews are not a lot of not great ones for this movie. Um and that's been that's been kind of a bummer because I you know it's one of those things like I was so hyped for this movie and this movie met every expectation that I had for it and I'm, I'm sad that for other people it did not it yeah it it almost like met my 
full expectation. Mm-hmm. That's why I gave it four stars. Almost. Almost. It's well, not five stars. So you Something were, were you expecting it to be this weird though? I was expecting it to be this weird. Wow. Like, like with like weird, like shots and like, I don't know. I wasn't expecting like a full out, like fantasy, you know, style, like, yeah, you know, like sword, you know, like CGI, like sword battles and stuff. Like, no, I just wanted like one little like duel, maybe like a last. Yeah, duel. No, that's sure. fair. I guess some, some something clashing against something else. <laughs> yeah, like like he cuts his head off, and I was like, I was like, I was like, oh shit, that's that's it. <laughs> that's it's just like- um, I I did not expect it to be this fucking weird. Like it it, it is like I said it, it it delves straight into like psychedelia. It's very ethereal. It's it's meant to feel like a dream a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. In one case, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Hallucinatory. Uh, yeah. So it, it, I like I never, ever could have expected something like that. I think maybe even if I had seen some of his other work, mm-hmm. because this is a weird. Fucking there there movie. are bits of this movie that feel right uh, along the same wavelength as a ghost story. But overall, this seems like a completely different. Movie. Yeah. Well, it's obviously it's it's less confined than that. Right. And probably less like strictly dark. And, and one of the things I appreciate the most about this movie is that like it exists. Like, honestly, it's, it's, it's so unique given the, the, the things that we've been used to expect from movies lately. Like I, I can't think of anything that feels alike to this movie in any way there are so many moments in this movie that feel fully unique and and there are bits like i think in the in the middle it starts to drag a little bit for me um just because it kind of it it, there is an incredible moment at the end um but it kind of peaks early personally for me and after that point it just kind of drags a little bit i agree um but at no point did I think that the director was failing at what he was trying to put on screen. Like the entire movie feels like it is exactly, exactly what he wants to put on the screen. And just because I don't vibe with it. And I've said this before for other movies that like, I can admire the fact that like we're getting the full director's vision, but it doesn't, Sometimes it doesn't work for me entirely. I'm interested to get into spoilers to figure out what's the point for both of you guys where it drags because I I'm also curious. Too. Um, I'm curious. I kind of picture because the point that I'm thinking wherever you say the middle is I'm thinking of the interlude, which I think is like some of the most exciting right fucking after like 20 minutes of anything that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I think I'm just fully in the bag for this dude. Uh, you're I mean, you're a David Lynch guy. Like, um, what do you think? You know, I, like, makes, this is I mean, Lynch you're, in, you're a David in a guy. lot of ways. So <laughs> you're I'm gonna, a dev if I can guy. get if I can get on uh pretentious criterion uh movie cinema cinephile corner real quick, is that more than Lynch or anything, this is very Tarkovsky. Like Andre Tarkovsky yeah. for people who haven't know, who don't know, which is like 99.9 percent yeah if anybody who just 
idiots don't like Tarkovsky I don't want to be pretentious about that. If anybody has ever seen Solaris or The Mirror or especially I recommend uh, Stalker, which is like his masterpiece 1979 uh, film about a guide in um, it's an unnamed country, but it's basically it's in Russia. It's a foreign language film, but it's a guide who leads people into this post-apocalyptic wasteland known as the zone where they try to he leads like a scientist and um a poet i believe <laughs> into there trying to find this thing called the room where if you go in yeah. there any of your uh we any talked about desires, this when annihilation came out yeah any desires that you have can be fulfilled if you go to this place it's very holy grail it's it has a lot of classical like king arthurian uh logic to it where it's just like we have to journey into this like uncharted dangerous world to, and if we make it there all of our dreams will come true so it makes sense why he is pulling off of this as like kind of a source text but so many of just these lingering shots that just kind of sit there and yeah. sometimes there's vo sometimes there isn't but it's just you sing there and the reason why, like, I'd be interested to see how this would play for people if the first time you see it is on VOD or something at home, because I feel like it would play a lot worse when you can just be well, like, there's a lingering shot and just be like, oh, well, I'll just like look on Twitter for a second. Definitely. And- if you're going to watch this at home, because this will probably drop on streaming like within the next four to six weeks, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Turn all, all the lights off. Watch it at night, because yes. there's a lot of shots in this movie where it is very low light cinematography that it's going to look horrible if you're not in the darkest if you're watching setting. this in like daylight with the sunlight reflecting off of your not, tv screen or something it's just yeah i i think basically the thought we're getting at is that like there's no way to talk about this movie without being annoying i think because this movie <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel annoying. I had to bring a fucking Tarkovsky. I don't want to sound like a pretentious um, douchebag, but here I am. It's a, but it it's still it's worthwhile. Like because my thought is also annoying to say, which is you if you put yourself in the headspace of like oh like I'm watching a dream, you will like the movie more. Mm-hmm. Like you, and very dream. If you're someone who likes to sort of ruminate on your dreams and like think about like what they meant and how they felt then you'll like this movie because that is yeah. what he's getting at with this. He's trying, he, if you let yourself get hypnotized by it, you can be hypnotized by it. It's like real hypnosis. People who are susceptible to thinking they can be hypnotized can be hypnotized because they think they can. It, that's what this movie is. Like if you're willing to let it take you on a weird journey, then it will. Mm-hmm. To All that right. point, uh, something and this can lead right into spoilers that David and I talked about afterwards is like how much this movie just feels like a Dungeons and Dragons game. Like it yeah. feels like you were just it almost feels like a choose your own adventure movie. Like West at a based. certain point while watching this, I was like, is Lowry the type of guy who would make like multiple endings for a thing like to just like be like, oh, we're make all these different endings for something. Cause it kind of feels like that while yeah. you're watching this movie that it could, all these different paths could go. And yeah, that ways. happens at the end. There's like literally two endings basically. Yes. He's like, yeah. Oh, I could like not do this or I could kind of, kind, kind of video game like too. Oh, like yeah, this, this movie is yeah. not based on a video game, but it Some, almost feels it's like a telltale games kind of a thing of a choose which storyline. Yeah. It almost feels with. like more video game. Like, like, like you just have all these 
quests, all these fetch quests, and yeah, you're side you meet on your way exactly. to the actual quest. You meet all these characters along the way that uh you know have their own little arcs that you just fit yeah. into yeah, and you get a little bit like those different arcs different like, oh. yeah quests different vibes exactly exactly it's yeah. a good movie it's <clears throat> if i can be as annoying as hunter just was he's he's out of the room right now so i can say <laughs> that um it's it's not quite fully but it's transcendental cinema that's what right. he, that's what he's getting at here which is like basically like the easy way to say that is slow cinema which is like paul schrader has written a whole book about uh like the entire history of it uh lynch is extremely into it just as he is into transcendental meditation um it yeah it's it's the art of just ruminating on an idea or of a shot or of a feeling mm-hmm. until it almost creates an entirely new different feeling and uh that's not something that works 100 percent of the time for me um, because you have to be willing to buy in and this movie looks so fucking good off the jump that I was willing to, yeah. even if, like I said, we need to reiterate the script is for the most part, like a very dry reading of like old English style. Like it's not, you're not going to be hearing people talk the way that you can relate to people talking in most scenes. It's, mm-hmm. it's like they're reading lines from a poem most of the time. Mm. Um, so mostly what you're going to be keying in on is the feeling and the look like more than the words. There's, there's no way that Lowry was writing this dialogue thinking that people were going to pick up on a hundred percent of what he was putting. No, of course. But this is a dude just like making a movie that is entirely what he thought. It it, it honestly reminded me a lot of Robert Eggers. Yeah. Oh, totally. You you look at The Witch and you look at The Lighthouse. Those are two movies where you cannot fully rely on listening to the dialogue. And also the the reason I like Eggers so much is because he's so weird that he knows how to write his own old English. (laughs) (laughs) Like he, he, and it's like harder to understand than the actual (laughs) poem. The the green Knight is based on like that man is a freak, but I, I will say that especially it mean I needed the second viewing for this, but to have a real appreciation for the script and stuff like there's a monologue that are we in this are we fully in spoilers now yes we, need, right. we need to get into it right let's now. get into spoilers let's right get now. into spoilers two thoughts that kind of go right hand in hand with each other spoilers for the green knight mm-hmm. starting right now so there's a speech that alicia vikander gives as lady um unnamed lady i think technically according to the text it's lady vessel but she's just known as a lady she plays two roles in this movie and it's like she's so good in both of them it's very disorienting like you don't i'm like wait is that the same person as before like (laughs) is he really cheating because it's with the same lady but exactly um but but, i mean that just it just speaks to how good she is mm -hmm. Because otherwise you'd just be like, oh, yeah, that's the same lady I just saw. Yeah, there's uh, a whole monologue that she gives um, in like 
that I think really marks like the last act of this movie uh, whenever she gives it. But it's this whole thing about red versus green. And it just kind of like green is not only is green like the color of earth and the color of life. Green is also like the color of envy. And what is red? Red is just the color that envy leaves behind. It's just it's fucking bloodshed. It's violence. And something like that i think that i just because so much of this movie is uh so visual like you aren't really tuning in like you have to change the way that your brain's working in that sequence whenever um sir gawain gets to the house and a lot of it is very interior you have to retrain your brain for like okay no now i'm listening i'm not just looking and absorbing all of this in um but i mean i what did you guys think about that whole sequence? Is that the part that you thought dragged? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so the part that I thought is kind of the peak of the movie is the giants. That is my favorite part the of the whole movie. Oh, dude. Look, whenever you said the middle, the I was thinking of the interlude and I was like, you guys burn. I've seen so much, so many people online talk shit about the giants and I will not stand for that. Giants that, hate. that was my favorite part of the movie. the fucking giants. Whoa, and then nice. after that, I thought, this movie is about to take off. It is about to fucking take off into outer space. And it didn't quite do that. It kind of went back down. And even on the rewatch, I struggled with the very beginning of that whole Joel Edgerton thing. And here's, here's a question because I'm still very perplexed about this from the, the beginning or sorry, from the second watch. Okay. So let, let me let me kind of lay out the, the groundwork here for what I'm about to say. So you already you already mentioned this, David. Mm -hmm. He takes mushrooms. Dev Patel takes mushrooms. He, he eats, eats well, he eats mushrooms that we're assuming he thinks are for nutrition. Right. And also he's for starving. All we know they are because this movie already is trippy, but right. it does enter a new plane of trippy. So he's he starving. He has nothing to eat. He eats these mushrooms. And then he has this bizarro trip where he sees something growing on his hand and then he sees what we assume is the green night in the fog foggy swamp area bad trip yeah he's having a bad trip then we get the giants the, it's the scene directly after that no we hold on though i have to say i agree with everything that you just said before this like i the giants are my absolute favorite moment of the movie and even though I didn't necessarily want battle or action in the, in any traditional sense, I thought this movie was about to become something different. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't. And that's it, okay. It kind of pulls back. Yeah. yeah. But man, if, if that, if it kept on that vibe for the rest of the movie, I would have lost my yeah. fucking mind. And that's what I was, that was what I was preparing myself for. I was like, if we're getting giants right now, in like the halfway point of the movie, <laughs> we're about to like blast off into outer space and it doesn't quite do that. And, and on the rewatch, I was more prepared for that, but here's the question, right? And this, this is kind of from out of left field, but bear in mind, this is something I thought on my first watch of the movie, we get the giants. Then we get him coming to the house of the Lord and the lady. It's the, it's, it's in the rain He's banging on the door. He kind of stumbles into the door as he's falling, uh, entering the, the room. And we see a figure 
at the top of the staircase, uh, greeting him, holding a, a, a lamp or a lantern. My immediate thought, and bear in mind, I was on some soylent upon first viewing of this movie. I thought that is a, a bear man. That is an anthropomorphic <laughs> bear man standing there. Cause we just saw giants. Right. So I immediately thought like, Oh, now we're going to get, cause we already had Fox. We had little Fox. So I mm-hmm. thought, okay, now we're going to get big bear. Did anybody else catch that? No, absolutely. I, I did not, not think no, so. No, he's I, wearing like a fur, like coat, like jacket. Yeah. I know, but, but like he, I see where you can like see that. <laughs> well, kind of. here's the thing. In, he's also on subs. So. In the American sense, uh, Joel Edgerton is very much a bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> I mean, I could have sworn in that silhouette that that was a bear. <laughs> I swear to God, I was like, we're about to see, we're about to go into full Narnia mode right here. (laughs) See, I like, I'm just, maybe it's because I just kind of was more along for the ride that David Lowry was going to give to me that I knew that we weren't going to go that crazy. (laughs) I was shocked that we got fucking giants. Like, I couldn't believe that. That They didn't spoil that in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Well, you know, I looked back at the trailer and giants are in the trailer, but it's such a flash. You don't even realize like Mm. what you're seeing as you're seeing it. It's, um, it's good so thing we awesome. watched like we didn't do like trailer breakdowns by we oh, bought a fuck mic. That. That's <laughs> this freaking giants. That's for fucking nerds. Um, yeah. Can I can I mention my first note that I wrote down? I didn't want to mention it earlier because it's a spoiler. Oh, I, sure. I guess it is. A, it's not really a spoiler, but uh, the first thing I wrote down in my notes is Merlin has face tattoos. Dude, Merlin <laughs> is fucking dope. I love Merlin. In this that's a hundred percent not a spoiler because he like he doesn't have a single line he just exists for like two like shot two reaction shots where he can be like yo this dude's magic is fucking like yo we gotta steal this dude's baby <laughs> like that's the, the only reason why merlin's in this movie is just for that the fact that they give this actor playing merlin or i guess in the in the credits of the movie, it's probably like Sorcerer Man. Yeah, it's probably not Merlin. It's the same way King isn't King Arthur. Right. But the fact that they give him face tattoos, I was like, I fucking love this. That's <laughs> this is um, fucking awesome. Can I talk about why I love the Joel Edgerton, uh, Alicia Vikander? Well, I, I ended up loving it by the end of that sequence because one of my other notes is there is a close up of cum. So, well... <laughs> Okay, thank so you. So by that point, it I is, was all the way in. It's the greatest <laughs> use of semen since the fuck box. Um, in in yeah, Bobby Patty in the fuck box. Yeah, Bobby Patty in the fuck box. Uh, coming soon to a porn highlight you. Um, but the reason why I love that movie, er, that sequence in the movie, is because like that is the scene that like highlights the central theme of this movie. And I liked it a lot in the first viewing and I fucking loved it on the second viewing is because the main theme of this movie is this David Lowry is trying to play with this classical idea, this quest fetching idea, this whole idea of, Oh, uh, you want me to go get your head at the bottom of this lake? Well, what's in it for me? Like it's this whole video game slash classical night idea of like, if I do X, Y, and Z, then I become honorable. But why? Why do you want the honor? Exactly. And not only why do you want the honor, but like, 
Do you really think that you can do all this kind of fucked up shit? Do you think that you can only ever look out for yourself? Do you think that you can only ever like do all these things for your own self advancement and not care about other people fucking cheat on your ladies back home? You can do all this, but you do one honorable quest and suddenly you become a noble person. Like that's this whole central idea that Lowry is trying to play with. And it's, so well articulated in that one scene where Joel Edgerton is just like, so yeah, you do this one thing and then you become an honorable person. Dev is just like, uh, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> like not confident at all about that. That's just how they thought back then, man. It's, the it's age of like knights. They were just like, dude, if I die in battle, that's like the greatest thing that could happen to me. I, exactly. Yeah. Like that's the whole thing. It's just like, and it's, it's just so like, good. What? Like it's such, I've never yeah. like seen something, uh, a movie or anything like challenge that idea so like forwardly and put that at the forefront that like this really like this is what you guys believe huh yeah and also yeah. it's just it's a general like generational thing that happens to like it, it's happened to us before we're like you know we're given the norms like he is in the beginning of the movie he goes to this banquet that has like all the warriors who have done similar like they've done shit that you know that he wants to do yeah they legends. have honor their legends yeah. yeah they have the the honor that he seeks and so he just mindlessly is like well okay this crazy opportunity has presented itself here with this weird green guy like I sh this is the thing that I do like this is just what I'm like supposed to do to in order to get where they're at to get a seat at the table mm -hmm. and um yeah that's that's just a very universally relatable thing mm -hmm. like we you know we've all conformed to conventions just because we thought that's what we were supposed to do without questioning it and then like along the way sort of realized that it was silly yeah is this, the, is this the best um Camelot movie since Monty Python and the Holy Grail hmm. yeah I think I mean nothing else is coming to mind immediately. I don't have so a habit sure, of right. watching medieval movies because most of them are a lot more boring. There's, a, there's another King Arthur movie that I saw. Was it the Charlie Hunnam one? Is that with a uh, more recent, like the last few years? It was last like like decade. But yeah, last decade. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that one. <laughs> no, I saw that one. <laughs> What'd you think? The the ending's good, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So. Are are you? Are you <laughs> <Monty> Python. It's <laughs> uh, like what are we doing here? Um, yeah, I don't want to repeat uh, too much of what I wrote in <clears throat> shameless plug. Uh, Green Knight piece on WeBoughtAMike.net right now. Man, this is, I can't believe that they played this while Dev Patel got like thrown around from one giant to another in the Green Knight. That was crazy. We are also at a round table. This was my favorite movie. <laughs> we, we are at a round table ourselves right now. God, dude, I think. Uh, We're the real knights. I can't talk enough about the fucking, the way this movie looks. It looks so fucking good. I like, I can't believe. Yeah, that's the whole about, deal. Beautiful. They talk about like, uh, um. Lowry's talked about before like how it took the entire time that they were in production to make that round table and everything at the beginning of the movie it makes sense why I'll, like I've seen a lot of people just be like god we spend so long in Camelot like it takes so long <laughs> to get the movie going I'm like nah dude I want to live here man this looks great as long as I'm King Arthur's nephew and I can just exist on Christmas morning the scene of the Green Knight showing up 
and possessing the queen, it is fucking cinema. Like, yeah. it's so good. The first, yeah, the first hint of true, like, freakiness that you get is the queen's voice changing. That the the effects put on that which are not on green lighting yeah oh yeah i mean this you could say that in every like this movie is brought to you by uh gels (laughs) (laughs) which by the way shout to kate dickey who is in a movie that we mentioned already the witch yeah Mm -hmm. oh and ralph innocent Mm -hmm. yeah ralph innocent plays the green knight he is the dad in the witch one year um but yeah this so many like almost every scene in this has incredible colored lighting but uh, that's the first hint of like true like freakiness we get where like you're like oh this movie is like going places. It becomes a horror movie for a second. Yeah it is. It's like scary how her voice sounds. It is at once there's there's a track of her just fully pitched down that's playing and then on top of that there is a different species talking. Yeah. And um, Ralph Innocent. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah it rocks. He is a different species. <laughs> I, you know who else is a different species? Barry Keoghan. Mm. So there, there's a thing going around Twitter right now that's just a photo of Barry Kogan and it says, if this motherfucker show up in your movie, you better buckle <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who is that? He's, he's the little, he's little the scavenger, scavenger guy. Scavenger oh, guy. dude, that little fuck. Dude, <laughs> just, you know, that is like a perfect meme for that because that's kind of just become who Barry Kogan is, who he shows up in your movie and you're like, I don't fucking trust this dude, man. Like, I don't, this little weaselly bastard. You can't, you can't tell it's him at first because it's a very wide shot, which is another long take. Oh, probably dude, the best long take in the shot. movie for me. Yeah, I, I, I was so engaged. I think Barry is like top three people in the movie. I loved him. He's, he's so good. The thing is, because he does have a different vibe than most of the rest of the movie. Like he's a lot more traditionally entertaining to watch. Well, that's okay. So that was you know he has we, energy. I talked to you about it as we were like walking back to our cars after the movie, and something that I didn't appreciate fully on the first viewing is that this movie is like really funny. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like you're like you know you're watching this and it's like prestigious and it's it's a period yeah. piece and like you're like ah, oh, i shouldn't laugh at this but like this movie's really funny Dude, like I, especially in the first half it's really funny i had to like hold back laughter in the theater too yeah, just just, it, feels, yeah. it feels like it's like, like oh i'm not supposed to laugh at this but like you definitely are <laughs> no, like i was it's intentionally yeah, i funny. laughed a lot during the movie like in in theater it's like eggers again yeah. like it's, it's eggers is funnier for sure um, well, I mean, that, I couldn't even say that conclusively because the lighthouse is funnier than this movie, but the witch is not. This is right. a funny movie. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, dude, like a ghost story. I'm cracking up in a ghost story. I'm <laughs> like, just, dude, fucking dude. Casey Affleck's dead. Well, so if we're comparing this to a ghost story, I think that I appreciate the emotional gut punch that that movie has more than this. Well, that's. But this movie is like better made. It's more grandiose. It's operating at like a higher level of difficulty, I think. I think that both of them are executed exactly how David Lowry intends them to. The thing is with the ghost story is that that whole movie is just about like dealing with the emotional weight of you being dead and having to watch your partner move on with their lives. Like that is the central thing. Uh, it's like one of the most emotionally effective movies that I've seen in so long. I cry so much whenever I've seen that. Whenever I watch that movie, it's so fucking good. And that movie is like kind of perfect for what it's trying to execute. I think that this is also perfect in what it's trying to execute, but 
it's fucking apples and oranges. Like it's right. it's so yeah, weird to even compare the two things. Entirely they both different. have like like I talk about it in the piece um that again I wrote for webottomike.net. Um Whoa. but he utilizes these long takes, but to completely different ends in both of these different projects. I, I want to backtrack to the earlier part of the movie real quick, because I, I wrote down a note about King Arthur. And, and again, um, what's his name? Sean. Sean Harris. He's so good. My as fucking King Arthur. Mission Impossible Man, King. Yeah. Talk about a different character. Because <laughs> in from Mission Impossible, yeah, yeah, in Mission Impossible, from the second you see him, you're like, oh, this is like the weaseliest yeah. weasel. Well, he's so different in Rogue Nation than in Fallout. Even mm-hmm. though he's playing mm-hmm. the same character, I feel like he's bringing like a different energy. Yeah. He's just he's a great actor. He's sick in this movie, even from the jump, and he is um. Basically, he's an older Arthur. Yeah, I mean that's the whole and inse- the whole reason for the movie's happenings is he is sick and old and he's like rethinking his choices. So he's like, yeah, this is like my stepson. Like I'm really honored to have you nephew. Here. Or yeah, he's like, yeah, he brings him into the dinner. He's like, you know what? I feel bad. I'm like a bad uncle, right? Yeah. Like- he like he doesn't know him at all. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're my own blood, and I don't know you. And yeah. And, and that's that's what I wanted to bring up is that. He he has this like heart to heart with Garwin mm-hmm. and he's essentially like, you know, let me tell me something so that I may know thee. And he says, like, I have nothing to tell. I have nothing, nothing. Yet. Yeah, nothing to tell yet. And that kind of ties in to, um, you know, the the, the there's so many like links in. Uh, in in these conversations that happen because you think about like the the next conversation that garwin and and arthur have where essentially uh arthur tells him like it may be a game that the green knight is doing but this is your opportunity to have a chance at being like a knight you know with a story don't waste this which is the same thing that his mother tells him Hmm. Don't waste this opportunity to have uh, something to 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 tell of your tales. And then it ties into to Joel Edgerton, where Joel Edgerton is asking him, like, why are you doing this? Are you doing this because you want to or because that's what knights do? But my my thought here is like. When when Arthur right before the Green Knight walks into the room, Arthur is walking around the, the table and he's basically just like, yo. I'm bored as a motherfucker. It's Christmas. Somebody better tell me a story right now. I'm the fucking king. I does anybody have any tales to tell? No. And then Green Knight busts in. Have you been listening to any new crime podcasts? (laughs) I just I love how like in this era, if there wasn't a puppet show in town, yeah, (laughs) you just had to go around and be like, hey. Tell me a story. Yeah, like, can you just, like, <laughs> recount that time seven years ago where, like, you had to go to a different town for some apples? Like, I... So... Literally, yeah. That was what that was what entertainment was. So that, that... What kind of makes me think is, like, obviously we get this incredible sequence with the Green Knight. You know, we already talked about, like, the queen being possessed and then the knight himself. And then the actual confrontation with Gawain and the beheading. Like, incredible, incredible, incredible. Uh, oh, also got to mention Excalibur when he wields Excalibur and like mm. they don't even have to tell you they don't have to have a line where Arthur is like 
my nephew, here is Excalibur, the great sword from the Lady in the Lake. Oh man, the way that it's <laughs> it like fucking glows. It's incredible. It's so good. It, it just it's phenomenal. But we get all of that, and then you think about like, all right, so he plays along with the game. He thinks this is his chance at honor and glory and all these things. But then you think like, why? Why is he doing this? It's because he has nothing better to do. If the king himself is going around asking people like, hey, tell me a story, then Garwin, like, he's doing this because there's nothing else going on. What else is he doing? Well, it's he's all about, just it's like fucking quest for exactly. honor. I, there's a line that um, Alicia Vikander Essel, before she become lady, um, Essel character said, where she just like, why are you so obsessed with greatness? Why isn't goodness enough? Mm-hmm. And that's like, I mean, that really is all of this whole generation, this whole like medieval time period is just like everybody is obsessed with this idea of I want to be great. I want to be a knight. I want them to like write songs about me and sing about me in taverns all across the country. Like that's that's still how I feel. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait for the We Bought a Mic song. The people are gonna sing in taverns about us. But but ale. after after the year has lapsed, he's still sitting there telling the king, like, I thought it was just a game. Like he doesn't have a full intention in that moment to follow through with actually going to meet the Green Knight. He's still thinking, like, yeah, I cut his head off and he rode away, but I was just so that's, kind of vibing since then, man. But <laughs> that's okay. So that's another thing. I I think that's a good jumping off point to talk about Dev Patel specifically in this movie because I think Dev Patel is so fucking good. He is perfectly cast in this movie because one, he is in my mind probably the sexiest man alive on Earth right now. I think Dev Patel is just like he has this like James Bond esque affectation to him where he's just like he can be like suave and charismatic but also badass but he also still has like those like innocent doughy eyes that first got him spotted in slumdog millionaire 12 years ago he still has those and like that's why he's so perfectly cast in this movie is because he can play the cool uh knight right hand man of king arthur he can play that type of role of a guy going on a a noble adventure and also he can just play like a kid like he's like what in his 20s 30s at this point he's just like still living with his mom at home like he's king arthur's nephew it's not like he ever had to do shit in his entire life Mm -hmm. and it's like about like a kid who's just kind of like learning like oh i need to like kind of become an adult and do something with my life make some kind of a name for myself and we essentially get the idea that the mom is part of what instigates the whole thing the mom kind of wants him to it's like the ultimate version of a mom is just like all right uh get the fuck out of my house now i'm gonna conjure you're in your mid-20s you gotta move out i'm gonna conjure the green knight so you can behead him quick question uh because it's another it's a category for the wabamis that i am blanking on the name of it but the biggest leap that we have to make Mm -hmm. mental leap that we have to make um the name of the award the leap of faith award the leap of faith award thank you um because they said anything that you give to me uh will be returned to you in one year time what if he does actually just like give him like a little prick 
a little handy. Uh, no, like a little like poke. Yeah, of the just sword. a little poke of the sword. Oh, oh, I thought you meant with Joel Edgerton. No, no, no. Uh, well, <laughs> mm, all right. <laughs> Whoa, oh, maybe later. We're making on. some connections right here. I mean, here. Joel was trying to get. He was what, trying to. What he was he trying to get a little prick. <laughs> he was trying to get a little prick. You know what I'm saying? He was trying to get that load. <laughs> no, we're gonna talk about that one. I have more to say about how Deb Patel is the sexiest man alive right now. No, I, I yeah. So when he's, when he's facing off against the Green Knight, I yeah, I think that. What Guy we're looked at me and was just like fucking idiot just, just don't just give him a little I mean what what we're meant to believe here is that Gawain is surrounded by the knights of the round table who are legends they even say it yeah, they're yeah. legends they say they're legends so he <laughs> is trying to pump himself up to have something happen here that is on the level of these but guys. Can you imagine how good the song would be if it's just like, yeah, just like Gawain, like he fucking gave the Green Knight a paper cut, dude. That shit was crazy. <laughs> just cut off his toe or something. Yeah, slice off an arm maybe. Like you can still exist without yeah. an arm. That's not legends worth it. <laughs> no, you gotta be you gotta headed, dude. Yeah, there's no you puppet gotta show. Die, dude. There's no puppet show about the toe coming off. Um, the green toe. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about the horniest part of this movie? Well, we haven't talked about um, uh, Winifred. Oh, yeah. Uh, Miss Winifred. Hey. St. Winifred. It's being horny. Aaron Kellyman. Fellas, you fucking that ghost? Yo, fucking, you're sleeping in a bed. You sleep in a strange bed and ghosts show up. (laughs) What you doing? This, This section has one of my favorite shots in the whole movie, which is where he dives into the water. And he essentially has, he essentially goes into outer space. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it was the so open. I was like, red. where the fuck is Very it? red. You see the stars. Yeah. He's like kind of like drowning or something. And then he sees the skull at the bottom. And then the shot of him grabbing the skull from the bottom of the pond. Like Aaron oh. Kellyman does have like one of the greatest line reads of the entire movie. Whenever, uh, and Dev is just like, uh, if I get your head, what's in it for me? And she's like, why would you ask that? Why would you ever ask that? <laughs> You're supposed to be a knight. It's just, it's the way that she delivers it is just like, like if you were like out, like trying, like you're like telling a subordinate to do something and they were just like, oh, uh, if I get this, why would, what's in it for me? Like, why would you ask that? Why would you ever possibly this, ask me that? This section just lays on the D&D feels, you know? Like oh yeah, the, this happens in the game that we played. You get you meet a ghost, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this this is like a mission in the game. Do you should you help the mm-hmm. ghost get her fucking head? Then she does give you something, but in the movie she doesn't. Well, she does. She the brings axe. axe. Yeah, she brings. She returned the axe. The I, axe. Guess. I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so I really want to talk about the ending, but I guess before then, let's dig a little more into Joel Edgerton. Let's talk about Dev Patel's come. Um, so it do we was, think it that was, was like a, a real shot or it was like a good sized load um it, it honestly was consistency wise i mean yeah yeah it was pretty <laughs> really it was like listening in the good, sunlight good Dude. fate come yeah <laughs> it's like i would i would guess they mixed like cetaphil with cornstarch okay something um, like that yeah uh no i well i mean i do like as fucked up as it is i love that sequence and that they included it and that's a classic like that story is in the original telling of sir gawain and the green knight of you go hand he, job no well not exactly Come. a hand job but it's that 
he goes to a mysterious uh, manor, like on his journey, mm-hmm. and they t- they house him in, and they say uh, the lord of the home says. I'll give you all this meat and everything, and in return, you have to give me everything that you yeah. take here. Now, don't so fuck he, my wife. <laughs> no, and like in the story, it goes like he gets like a kiss from the wife on the first night, so he gives one kiss to the Lord, and then it's like two kisses to the Lord, and then like it kind of moves on from there. Um, they don't actually do the back and forth, which is good because timing uh, wise for this. But do we think Joel Edgerton was robbed of a handy? He gets the kiss. Yes, man. 100%. But he was robbed of a handy and a magical uh, sash. So, mm, well, didn't this, really follow through on that deal. The movie is about discovering how to be honorable. This is not honorable. Yeah. He's, he's not honorable yet by doing this. He deserves to fucking get his head chopped off. He, he yeah. needs a penis head. He's not a knife, Joel's man. fucking little cock off. <laughs> Do you need I, help with your mic? I will say. No, I'm, I, what are you talking about? <laughs> Drew got Drew? so horned up that he removed his mic yeah. from the holster. I've started sort of running my hand across. I will say through. that uh, we watched this movie with a squad in the theaters. Um, and at the point when Dev, when Joel leans down and Dev uh, leans up and kisses Joel, I've never felt... Uh, my fiance, friend of the podcast, guest of the podcast, guy, squeeze my thighs so fucking hard. That was a good she moment. Had, she was just like, "Oh my god, yes!" Hell yeah. She was so. I guess what you know what I was into it too. And props it to Dev for the shot, the close up of him after the kiss ends. He's really into it. He's like, yeah, man, he doesn't. You know, he's just like, if I wasn't on this quest right now. <laughs> I won't have any more of your silly games. Unhand me. <laughs> but like, it's an unhand me where it's just like, uh, Joel, like, you know, if you push a little yeah. bit. You might and then Joel's like, it. you know, when you come back here, we'll be gone. You missed your shot, buddy. Yeah. You missed your shot. Um, yeah, I, I love this section by the end. I think at the beginning of it, I really felt a drag. I felt like the movie kind of was building up to something with the the giants and everything. And then it kind of like didn't it didn't capitalize on that buildup at first. But as it goes on and as we see the lady invent photography and give dev a handy and sort of the dynamic is laid out and also i've i've seen some interpretations because winifred says the green knight is somebody you know and i really want to get to the ending with this but like there is some people who think that joel edgerton is the green knight that in some way like him meeting the the joel edgerton is like that final piece of the puzzle Mm. i i don't know if i fully vibe with that um because the green knight does seem like its own full entity but as we sort of get into the the ending here there's a moment when dev finally meets gowan finally meets the green knight where it turns to night and the camera sort of sits on the green knight on a close-up and his face actually morphs 
into different characters it that does. we've seen throughout the movie. So you see, you see uh, Sean Harris in there. You see Joel Edgerton in there. You see the actors that plays the mom. I think you see Alicia Vikander in there mm-hmm. too. So it's like it, they're all this a little a hard to. We're like, out. I can't imagine watching this just like on your phone or something. Like for how a lot of people will experience this movie, because I feel like you can't get that unless you're in the theater and like looking at it, where it's super dark all around you. Um, to that point, though. Exactly. And I think it speaks perfectly to the morphing faces and everything. One of the genius things about this movie is because it has gone through so many different interpretations over the years is instead of just showing you one of these interpretations, one of these ideas, Lowry is layering them, literally layering them all on top of each other. Like there's very christian reads of this story there's very homoerotic reads of this story and of this tale of like kind of a tale about like early homoeroticism and stuff like that as well as just a general romance like there's all these different reads of the story and what it means and i think that that's kind of what one of the biggest beauties about this is is that it's all of these things at the same time so the ending Mm. so essentially this movie we get to the green chapel and you know, there's this moment where it kind of draws out the the confrontation where the green knight is just kind of sitting there and eventually he wakes up and, and the moment comes and Gowan can't do it. He tries to bring himself to it. There's a moment where you think he's ready to die. He's ready to be beheaded. And it's a, another great moment of acting by dev where it's like, Oh, this is it. And then he breaks down again. He's scared. And he has to run away. And the next, what, eight to ten minutes minutes of the movie are this extended sequence. Uh, There is some dialogue. There's a little bit of dialogue. Very, very little, though. Where we see his life play out as he becomes the next king after Arthur dies. He's like, oh, I did it. And then, yeah, he becomes the king. He has a dishonorable uh, life. He has a kid. Multiple kids. Um, He fucks over his lady. His first son dies. He has another kid with another lady. A question. So the woman that he marries, that's Winifred, right? It looks a lot it like her. It looks like her, but like it's like not quite. It, that's the thing. Like It threw me off the first time. I tried to look more into it. The first time I saw it, I was just like, is that another alicia vikander and it's not that but it looks almost like the woman who plays winifred i think I it's meant to look a lot like winifred but it's yeah not. i think it's a different actor yeah, it's another that's another psychedelia thing it's just like everyone is everyone like mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 on purpose though it's meant to beat winifred yeah yeah definitely. so so this entire sequence plays out and it's it's long enough to make you think that this is where the movie's going that he ran away he lived out his life and now he's going to die in some nameless war a failed king who couldn't bring himself to cope with the fact that he ran away from his first quest Mm -hmm. without succeeding and there's this moment where it all the facade sort of dissolves where he pulls his little uh robe belt thing mm-hmm. 
That's it's been set up. It's been set up multiple times that this is like a meaningful thing that's supposed to keep him safe. It stays on during sex. (laughs) Yeah. Very. Sash stays on during sex. Yeah. He's like a never nude. Yeah. (laughs) Mama's little belt stays on. (laughs) Yeah. It has his load on it still. (laughs) And that his head just falls off. And that's when you're kind of tipped off to like, okay, something's not quite right here. <laughs> yeah. Scythe says, I can't put my finger but, on it. Something, <laughs> something weird is going on. we do see a head just roll on the floor earlier with Winifred. An actual fucking yeah. head. So it's not like completely out of... And nowhere. the Green Knight at the beginning. And the Green Knight. So it, the, the concept is already, you know, there. And also, we, we didn't even bring this up yet, I don't think, but like the idea of a vision had already been brought up with the skeleton in the woods when he's tied up there, when the camera sort of spins around in the woods multiple times and we see his skeleton. That's kind of what you were getting at with the whole um, choose your own adventure angle of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, and that's something that David Lowry uh, introduced in a ghost story too. the idea of like time advancing and then further advancing to loop back around onto itself so that idea had already been introduced in his previous movie and then it kind of comes back here in the in the sense of like he dies in the woods but then he sort of there's a a a version in which he doesn't so the idea of like a vision had already been introduced in the movie whether or not he was on mushrooms and then we get his head falling off here and then we cut back to the green chapel with the green knight Mm-hmm. I will say, so this was especially, I was already kind of thinking this beforehand, but spoilers for the Green Knight game, but it might come as a shocker. It mirrors the movie in a lot of ways. Um, the Green Knight game has multiple endings to it. So that's what I meant about like a choose your own adventure movie. Like whenever I was watching that sequence, I was like, God, I really do wonder, like, are there multiple endings to this movie? Like, is there an honorable, a dishonorable path? Like, I was, my brain was working in this way because I'd played this game before. Like, thinking I thought the that. same way, Hunter. And instead, we got both. Yeah. We saw the honorable and the dishonorable path. Yeah, because his life ends in that older age where he's sort of alone. They're struggling to keep the 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 opposing forces out of the the castle and he just has this moment where he like decides to uh take off the the bell and his head falls off mm-hmm. that's kind of like the end of that yeah it's choosing it i mean that's but you can tell even throughout that whole sequence he has a family he becomes king but dev plays it really well for especially not giving a dialogue that he's unsatisfied like yeah, he looks face, so man. sad like he looks like he's hiding the biggest secret which Boy, i, I feel like that's what the belt represents right the idea that he's holding on to that shame mm-hmm. that that he he can't let go of the belt like he can't let go of that shame yeah so when he takes it off at the end not the end end but when he's in the vision, hmm. it's like understanding that like, oh, it all led to this, to me dying here in the same level of weakness and fear that I felt when I was facing the Green Knight. And then when we realize that it's the whole thing is this vision, you know, then we get uh, it's sort of repeating itself 
when we're back to young dev taking off the belt. He's like, yo, behead me. And he's like, okay, now I'm ready. So do he die? Everyone? Yeah. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead. Ernie thinks no. I think yes. So I thought no the first time, but I think that yes, he he does. Yeah. Like off with your head. And then just like slice like it. So you think like after we roll credits, he's like off with your head. <laughs> just kidding. Go on. Here's Get the thing. That's yeah, the no, no. Say, say here, your piece. Here's what I hear think. This. When I first saw this movie, I was so confused. I was like, <laughs> what, what the fuck is going on? I was so like shocked that we had gone back to the Green Chapel after all of that. Because I was so all the way in on this vision that i thought was you know where the movie was going mm-hmm. and then to be jerked back to the chapel and then that be the end i was like wait what it didn't make any sense to me and after thinking about it i was like he must die like he has to die because the whole point is that he made it to the point where he is okay with facing death and he dies mm-hmm. right and he's not cowardly about it. He's brave about it. Yeah, he takes death. off the belt and he's like, yep. I'm ready. I'm to ready now. On a second watch, I think he lives. Don't do this. Because the whole point is that he has to live. Because what is the point of being this brave knight? That that if you're dead, that is the point. That, though. Is, that the is, point. is the point that Lowry's trying to play with is that you don't get to do one honorable thing and suddenly become an honorable, noble person who gets to go home uh, scot free at the end of all of this. Yes. No, no, because the whole no, no. Listen, <laughs> think about the beginning of the movie. It's a game. Yeah. Arthur tells him yeah. it's a game. And the so, way to win is by dying exclusively. It's not by like agreeing to die. It's by straight no, no, up. No, 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 no. It's not about actually dying. It's about being brave enough to face death and not run away in fear. I don't know. I think this movie so deliberately and aggressively defies traditional narrative that to give it that traditional ending is crazy well here's the thing i think you can have both i know the thing is that we are both right those are both two different interpretations of this classic story in my mind though he does i think that he has to die yeah i think that like that's the only thing is like think about the actual journey that we saw sir gawin go on does he deserve to live does he deserve to go home and be an honorable person because i think unabashedly no no he doesn't very firmly no he does some honorable things what does he do he, what does he, he do grabs, that isn't out of some kind of self-interest or self-serving purpose? He grabs the skull. He puts the skull but back on the bed. But not before asking, what's in it for me? He uh, does everything looking out for himself. There's nothing that is actually truly empathetic or morally straight for this person. Like the second that he gets a chance to cheat on his lady back home, he's just like, yeah, no, let's fucking do it. Lady. Come on over here in my bed. It's just like, it's nothing about this guy is morally straight. So that's why I don't think yeah, that he, exactly. That's kind of where I'm at because he, this, this movie is trying to defy how story arcs work by telling a story that's been told a million times, but crucially differently. And like 
if we're playing a choose your own adventure game, I feel like he lost in the first step because the first step is starting the adventure for the right reason. And he didn't. Mm-hmm. And that's to me, that's the end of the adventure. That's yeah. yeah. He lost then. Like you don't, yeah. you don't get to figure it out on the way. Yeah. When Joel, when Joel things. Edgerton's like, you know, why are you doing this? And he's like, oh, well, because that's what knights do. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but like you said, you aren't a knight. So right. like, it's anyway, I mean, do you want to fuck me? The genius, <laughs> the genius of this movie is that Lowry won't ever give a actual yes or no. It's the same reason why the first time I saw a ghost story, I was so mad that I just wanted to know what the note said. And Lowry will never tell you what the note said, which is something like, I don't want to say anything more because I don't want to spoil a ghost story. But like that whole kind of idea, he'll never tell you because the greatest directors don't. Yeah. They leave well, what is unsaid unsaid for a reason and this this goes back to what i said earlier about transcendental cinema like that's what this is the the whole premise of the idea of slowly played out movies is not giving you the answer just presenting something to you and giving you too much time to think about it to the point that like you can see many different versions of what like you think it's supposed to be and so you have no choice but to come to your own conclusion because you have so many things presented so many options so how does how does the original story end um does he die well, that's the thing is that i i mean what is the original story at this point this story was written in the 1300s like <laughs> i'm pretty sure he becomes noble right I, I think that I don't I don't even know I, at this point. I keep like thinking what the original about tale I, is it's now but it's like the thing. It's almost like the Bible, but in a more extreme term where it's just been interpreted and no, but translated yeah, it's no so many. Different I, I looked ways it up. That, it's a hero's journey. He comes back and he's good. Right. And this movie is definitely not trying to do that. Right. Well, I think I think the fact that it's more complicated, you know, gives it that higher edge. But I keep thinking about these two things. So in this vision at the end, there's a moment with the mom and a moment with the lover with Alicia Vikander. The mom is sort of like, she never looks happy that he's back. Every shot of her is like disappointed that he's back. And then there's, she's the Fox. She right. knows that he didn't do things the morally straight way. And, and Alicia Vikander is looking at his neck to see if like there's any axe chops on it and there's not. And she's kind of like, huh, how did you, uh, how did you get away from the green knight without any axe chops on your neck? You know, there's no dialogue, but you kind of get that from the performance. And I just keep thinking about that. And I'm just like, sorry, the, the dog is here. Dog is around. Who's a good boy. And I'm just thinking like, why why would him going back be a good thing if we see him go back in fear and he gets these reactions from his closest people in what way could him going back be a good thing and the answer is like it really can't be Mm -hmm. and in a lot of interviews david lowry has said that he wanted this ending to be an ending in which him getting his chop, his head chopped off is a good thing. That's what he keeps saying in every, in every interview. And like, that's the biggest argument for this being an ending in which he dies. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that that's like, that's like the first thing you arrive at is like, it's the heroic ending in which he faces death yeah. and he dies. And also I, th- I really think just following the entire vibe of the movie, I don't think there's any world where this movie actually ends with the green knight going, well, congrats. Well, he says now <laughs> off with your head. Yeah. And it is like it is like laughing, but it, I feel like it's laughing in sort of like a universal, like all knowing way of like, well, you did it. <laughs> now you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. I think. Yes, I think that's that's definitely the main way to take it. But maybe there is a way where it's like now off with your head means like now get out of here. You <laughs> get out of off with your head out of my chapel. <laughs> Gabba my ghouls, kid. I I think there's there's a chance he could live if it means that the whole thing was just this game to get Gowan to to be ready to die, to face death and be ready for it without flinching, and and having that feeling in his gut and the symbolism of him taking off his belt and being ready to die without any hesitation to get him to feel like he has that honor yeah. that he's been searching for. But that just makes this like Toy Story 3. <laughs> yeah. True. I, and I, I, in my mind, this movie is like trying so hard to buck every journey of a character you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Speaking of this movie being metal, the very end, that bell Ding, ding. That's some metal shit. Dude, this is there, one of the great. There's a breakdown after that. One of the great cuts to credits that I can remember, where it's just the thing where two different times I've seen this movie, and both times we just all kind of sat there like, shit. Yeah. Just like have to like sit there in silence for like a minute and a half to like absorb our thoughts. By the way, I want to talk about the score because you just mentioned that bell. Um, Shout out to one of uh, one of the better scores I've ever heard. It's so good. I'm Shout out to, to Daniel Hart, who um, it, he's like a longtime collaborator with Lowry. He worked on a ghost story, uh, Old Man, the Gun. It I has believe, that Middle Ages um, feel it, to it. It's a perfect mix of like that Middle Age string, uh, that classic like the lutes, and then like heavy synth yeah like some shit that you would hear in like annihilation yeah but like mixed with this medieval sound it's unbelievable like it has like kind of this overbearing almost like anxiety inducing sound at a lot of times when he's just like walking through like it it made me catch myself like breathing rapidly (laughs) Like I've already listened to the score uh, a couple times through now. I fucking love it. It's so out much. officially on yeah, Spotify. Yeah, it's on Spotify. Is there a song? Is there a track called Gowan Wields Excalibur? <laughs> um, I don't because the music during that scene was amazing. Was uh, so no, well, I think that the song that plays there is called uh, "Tell Me a Tale of Yourself, So That I Might Know Thee," <laughs> which is that is cool. a song that's on the title. Um, specifically the one that. I fucking love so much is um, it's two songs. One of them is I guys. Oh, calls fuzzer. I fuck me. It's just like the history. That like old English song. And that leads directly into the giant's call, which is that like synth driven piece. Mm. That's so good. 
That's some good shit right there. Um, <laughs> you know what gets two stars? It's that puppet show. Not good. <laughs> oh. Did you notice? Dude, but what about those practical effects? Guess like, what, dude, buddy? The fucking the night axe green night man. Guess and what, buddy? Pop off. The kids didn't even like it. <laughs> okay. His kids are so unimpressed. They look so like bummed out. They're like, damn, I'm just gonna get like polio and die when I'm 12, yeah, aren't I? Boring. Did you notice that the sound effect of the wheel and the puppet show turning is the same sound effect as when the camera flips upside down after the giants oh yeah so good cool God, shit guys i love this shit man i fucking love this movie Very I, cool stuff i this movie it's it's five stars on letterbox for me i i fucking love Whoa, it i think this, i think this movie is perfect i don't give out five stars lightly to things on letterbox oh, um shit, i think this movie is just like perfect in every way i love the movie i love it too it's great um, highly recommend if you know what you're getting into and you're not expecting some big swashbuckling action packed adventure. I don't recommend that you not listen to all of this and then decide whether or not you should choose to see the movie. You but, should you play know. the the game first. <laughs> yeah, play the game. Yeah, become be a like, dungeon master. This yeah, fox, exactly. Is he good? <laughs> should I kill this fox? <laughs> It's it's a vibe, it's a mood. I liked a fox. He made me happy. It's uh, one of the <laughs> best. What did you the think year. about when the fox spoke? It was Dude, great. I was not it's very upsetting. Honestly, didn't I don't know if I liked the fox speaking. I like the fox. fox. Cute little cute it, little guy. And then you hear the voice. It's just like Johnny. Everything it's like Jesus Christ. What? Everything on that wavelength that happens in this movie, I was all the way on board with. Like <laughs> giants, ghosts. Talking foxes, like yes, yeah, let's give it, all of give it. it. Let's go, because like there's a certain point in this movie where you're just like, oh, this is not going to be constrained to try to fit into any box. It's just going to be its own thing. Mm. And if you give yourself over to that, you will have mm. yeah an incredible movie watching. One experience. one little visual motif I forgot to mention earlier, but I just want to highlight is uh perfect using of like the very like washed out gray medieval backdrop that we've seen a thousand times, but with like that beautiful yellow sash that yes. that Dev Patel goes around on. Yellow it's like, good costume. It's fucking iconic. The color of fear. Yeah, it's I, Cowards. Yes. Coward. He's Coward. yellow. Mm, I can see it in his eyes. <laughs> it's it's that's a meatball <laughs> symbolism. I I mm, you better believe I caught on to that. Love yeah. that shit. Any any final thoughts, David, on the movie? Oh, dude, man, I don't know. Shit, I'm like wiped, honestly. <laughs> I like it more. I like it even more I than I did before. Second time talking, now. you guys are like hyping up guys. the second watch more than the first one. I mean, you know, if if I, you know what it is, if you already know mm -hmm. all the beats and you're ready for them, but I want to like go back and like like listen to the soundtrack and like pay attention to other things. I look, I'll like. go back a third time. I will gladly go a third time to see this movie. Yo, honestly, I want to give this movie all of my money. Yo, after Suicide Squad. Yo, <laughs> is there a three a.m. showing for the Green Knight? The Green Knight is now in theaters. Thank you to A twenty four and David Lowry and company for giving us this movie. We loved it. And thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us. Email us. Donate. Thank you, Colin, Dane, Brian, and Brett for your generous donations every month. You can join them.
at anchor.fm slash mike if you want to give us your money and support everything that we do on this podcast. Thank you, David. Thanks, David. For coming on. Please plug away. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, you guys can follow me on uh, YouTube, uh, Honestly Dev, on Twitter as well, Instagram as well. New Uh, short film that you released. Yes. Yeah, you guys want to talk about that for like five minutes? Yeah, hey, we'll do yeah. an episode on it. Yo, should we like right after this? Hunter, Hunter teased this. A Hunter few gives a performance ago. for the ages, dude. Unbelievable man. in this in this yeah. short. I'm just, film. I was trying to channel a little bit of Death Patel myself. Mm-hmm. There's slightly more semen in Molly than there is in the Green Knight. But the way that you decided to channel him visually is pretty racist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I made a short film with uh, Hunter and um, roommate of Drew, the pod, uh, Nate. <laughs> and my my uh, duplex unit and my furniture. In the do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, you get production credit on there. I did. What did so, I get, like set design or yeah, something? Yeah, set set design. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. And you're on soundtrack too for it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to like say to like get someone to like watch this film. It's a riveting tale of suspense. Oh, mm-hmm. I I will say, uh, wait until the turn, and then it'll it'll keep you on. There's the a um, who is it? Uh, somebody who we knew, uh, Kylie. Shout out to an old uh, coworker, Kylie of ours. Um, compared it to Coherence, the micro budget film from a few years ago. Okay, uh, and that's that. Honestly, was the biggest praise that i could get because i fucking love coherence i still haven't so. seen that i have to watch it now it's a great movie yeah. compared to that. um i compare it to like the bible <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it's a good one it's a I mix just, like, between like <laughs> the bible and like it's it's a little bit more darwinian than that um yeah the Dar- like evolution the bible yeah. meets like evolution of species <laughs> meets like the torah <laughs> The Quran, yeah, meets like Bukowski meets the Quran. Yeah, meets like imagine bu- the Bible, but without any of the Passion of the Christ. Yeah, stuff. yeah, meets Dianetics. Only the greatest hits. It's the it's it's very much like the plaque that was left on the moon by Apollo Eleven. Yeah, it reminded me so much of that. <laughs> yeah, you guys are too nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Mobley. It is on honestly dive on YouTube check it out it is there thank you david for coming on thank and thank you, you for, for listening me. thank you for listening hey read my piece on a we bought yes on the green knight on if the- you want more green knight content because i like this movie a lot next week we will have a catch-up episode um you will also hear another catch-up episode before <laughs> next week's catch-up episode which was meant to be attached to this episode but we went long, yep. so we're putting it out on its own. So it may feel a little bit jarring, but just roll with it. We talk about some stuff. Yeah, we ease into catch-up yeah, mode. It's, it's called fine. transcendental podcasting. Mm-hmm, if we mm-hmm. really disorient you and play things out so much more slowly than you want, then <laughs> then you'll have to you'll say, like, get this it. is actually good. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to pretend it's actually art. Yeah. We'll be, uh, it, it, there's just too many things that we haven't talked about since we've been covering Cage. Um, and we tried to fit in a couple of them in anticipation for next week's big catch-up episode, of which 
Suicide Squad will be a part of Suicide Squad, a movie that is we now, have to wrap this. I need to get to my Suicide Squad showing like right now. A movie that is now streaming on HBO Max right now. I can click play on it right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it's they, they dropped it. That's I'm, 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 gonna I'm wait. actually I'm, I'm racing home so that I can click play at 11:10 <laughs> p.m. I I'm gonna wait to see it in the theater. I, I, I want to give yeah. James Gunn my... Uh, hey. I'm going to hope that John Cena is better in this thing is an F9. I'm going to go ahead and say I'm not going to see it in the theater. I mean, I it's, probably won't look, either. it's James Gunn. We I'm, love that guy. Yeah, I, I can watch Guardians on my TV. I don't give yeah. a fuck. It's fine. I uh, think I think James Gunn will do okay without my money. And then... I'll be honest. I heard that he's mm. struggling right now. <laughs> Beyond that, uh, Free Guy... Yo, I, uh, epic! What if Ryan Reynolds was funny? Really? <laughs> uh, we have yet to find out what that would be like. Uh, uh, Coda, Coda. You talked about Coda. Oh yeah, from I saw Coda a few months ago. I have. Yeah, I'm gonna we, see it again on Monday. We need so. to go ahead and jump into a new career arc series, so I don't have to watch these movies that I'm not interested in. Well, Coda. <laughs> oh, oh, you don't care about you don't care about children of deaf adults, huh? No. Hey, what Coda? if what if Free That's Guys good? Huh? You ever thought about that? You know, here's it, Ernest, I will go ahead and say, like, I will bet you a thousand dollars that Free Guy will not be good. It might be fine. It will not be good. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. See you later. <laughs>